Welcome to the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. The final trailer for Joker has arrived. Film is just over a month away from coming out in theaters. It's actually screening this weekend, so be wary of spoilers or reactions or anything like that if you don't want to see it. But what did you think, Zach? Yeah, I think this trailer, I mean, I'm almost upset by how good this movie looks because it's not... It wasn't originally really a movie that I wanted to see, but it looks really, really good. And this trailer, it seems like, is basically laying out the entire structure of the film. I think you can pretty much figure out what's going to happen, what the what the beginning, middle, and end are going to be. It looks like he's going to go and he's trying to be a comedian, and then it doesn't work, and then he tries to go to this talk show, and Robert De Niro is making fun of him. And uh, But the one thing that still concerns me about this, and I was concerned in the last episode, is it's like making Joker a hero. And there's a, a lot of people like rallying around him, which is somewhat concerning, but I guess it's okay to do in a smaller film like this. Well, I don't think, at least I hope it's not trying to make Joker a hero or even an anti-hero so much, but he is the protagonist of the film. Yeah. So we're seeing it from his perspective. But yeah, it is a little, I, I said this around the trailer and overall my thoughts on the trailer are basically the same as the last one. I think... This looks like it could be a really good movie. I think it's going to do well financially and all of that. I don't know if it's a movie I'm terribly interested in or if I know if it's good for DC movies in the long term, you know, to have a separate thing like that. But yeah, that that does. There's even more of it here where you see from Arthur's perspective uh, before he becomes the Joker and, and how that is. And is he almost inspiring people and i think that's supposed to be terrifying that he is inspiring people to do horrible acts um but yeah it's it's i think the word is uncomfortable yeah with the the first trailer and with this trailer is just the the entire idea behind the film and and some of the things that are going on it looks like in the trailer are uncomfortable yeah uh we also get a lot more footage of robert de niro we had known he'd been attached for a long time and hadn't seen a whole lot of him but There's a a good amount of footage in this trailer of him, and I think that is definitely something that's going to draw a lot of people in. Yeah, absolutely. I like Robert De Niro, and seeing him in something like this is is good. And De Niro is also the star of King of Comedy, and I've heard a lot of comparisons drawn, and I think Phillips has even mentioned, you know, that's one of the things, an old Scorsese film that inspired the Joker film. Yeah. But the film does look good. Uh, I'm always terrified for anybody sitting in the studio audience when the Joker is about to be introduced. I don't think that's going to end well for any of them. And it looks like a quick glimpse of the Waynes leaving a movie theater or some of the things <laughs> I, I spotted out. So um, I don't think a lot of good things are going to happen for anyone in this film, except and probably even including Arthur Fleck Joker. Yeah, like you said, I think uncomfortable is a really good word that will probably um, sum up the whole feel of the movie is my guess. But yeah, honestly, this isn't something I'm terribly all that interested or excited about it it doesn't seem to have much of what i personally want i'm not i know a lot of people are excited about this but for me personally there's not a ton of stuff i'm personally looking forward to in it other than the fact joaquin phoenix is playing the joker which is by far the most fascinating thing about all this to me yeah definitely in other joker movie news it has been officially rated r for strong buddy violence disturbing behavior language and brief sexual images not surprising there that it's rated for r we've kind of known that all along that was the assumption and it is official yep and again that's like you said not a big surprise it's just 
fits in the the tone that they've been trying to project of this film. Um, going to be a lot of bad stuff, <laughs> and uh, again, going to be a little uncomfortable with the very strong violence, probably. Next up, Andy Muschietti has confirmed that he is attached to direct the Flash movie, according to Fandango. So they asked him um, if Flash would be his next project, and he said, yep, and replied with a smile. Yeah, so he's he's before he said he can't talk about it, so I'm assuming this means he has officially closed the deal at the, this point and is ready to direct it. And I think we both said nice things about Muschietti as a director, so I think he's a good name to have attached to a Flash film. Yeah, and he said, what captivated me about The Flash is the human drama in it, the human feelings and emotions that play in the drama. It's going to be fun, too. I can't promise that there will be any horror, really, but it's a beautiful human story. So it tells us basically nothing about The Flash film. If you want insight (laughs) onto what The Flash film is going to be about, there's going to be human drama and emotions and some fun. uh, That Yeah, it really tells us nothing other than what we would already assume 98% of all movies would entail anyway there's some human drama and some fun and all that yeah but this is a a really talented name to be attached to this so uh does get my hopes up that we will see this movie at some point (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, it's it's tough to be i think as a flash movie if you're a flash movie fan it's tough to be excited with all the stops and starts and all of that but i think we've said this before but this looks like the best chance of this movie getting it done getting done in a while so we'll, we'll see if that's the actual case now, we've got a handful of castings for the Suicide Squad. This is all kind of what I'm assuming to be minor roles. Some They fall into the James Gunn's Friends type of casting for a lot of them. Uh, so I don't know how big of a role they're going to have. The So I'll just run through them. Actor-comedian Flula Borg has been cast in an undisclosed role. According to Deadline, they're hearing he is going to play a love interest to one of the characters. I don't know much about Flula Borg, but he was in Pitch Perfect 2. Have you seen that, Zach? I have not. He is one of the leaders. He is Peter, I think, of Death Sound Machine. He so he plays uh yeah, a character that can't really a comedic character, which you will see a lot of, uh, along those lines. Actor comedian Steve Aggie has joined the cast. He's someone who's worked with Gunn multiple times. He's very much has a background in comedy, um some stand up comedy and comedy roles. According to Deadline, he is believed to be voicing King Shark. So if you're looking for a serious dramatic King Shark, I don't think this is what you're going to get here. Uh, just if you, Steve Aggie has a, a very distinct voice. I think the only thing I know him from really is in New Girl, where he plays outside Dave. He's very funny in that. But uh, definitely, I think he's probably, I don't know if he's going to be just doing a voice role and providing some comedy lines or what, but that's what I would think they're they're doing, and that's what it looks like. The big one for a lot of fans, Nathan Fillion, also in an undisclosed role. He's currently starring on The Rookie on ABC, so I'm guessing not a big role because he's going to need to be filming that at the same time. But he's been in all of Gunn's movies. He, I think he had a voice role in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. He's in a deleted scene in Guardians 2. Um, you know, Obviously known for a ton of things in the geek world, but in DC stuff, he voiced Steve Trevor in the 2009 Wonder Woman animated movie and has been doing Hal Jordan since 2011 in Green Lantern movies and Justice League movies. Yeah. Uh, like you said, probably not going to be a big role, which is is okay. Um, but it would it would be cool to see him in a big role or like a easily distinguishable role because I do really like Nathan Fillion. Um, but yeah, all all of these kind of seem like you said these are sort of friends of the family that are going to probably get some small cameos. Yeah, and, and along those lines, Taika Waititi, who is known for directing Thor Ragnarok and the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder. Again, somebody who's probably really busy and won't only have a small role, has been 
in talks for an undisclosed role. He's done some acting. He voices Korg in the MCU. He played Tom in the Green Lantern movie in 2011. Ryan Reynolds' best friend. So, not Ryan Reynolds' best friend. Hal Jordan's best friend. <laughs> so, again, something I would expect to be a small role. Like I could see a lot of these people being either voice roles or maybe they're cameos in Bell Rev as villains locked up in there. Or maybe they're on a mission together at the start of the film and some of them get their heads blown up right before going back. At this point, James Gunn might as well bring in all of the Guardians. Right. Just bring in the whole Guardians of the Galaxy cast as some DC characters and then have them blow up in a mission early just for fun. Uh, but yeah, it looks like a lot of small roles, which could be kind of fun. And I think Gunn could have fun with a lot of those characters, not knowing who they are, but assuming they are some small DC villains or whatever. I think he's he's definitely leading into the comedy, unsurprisingly here. Yeah, I I think he's going to... We, we kind of assumed when it was announced that he was going to be doing this, that this movie was going to have a pretty light tone, a lot of comedy, uh, which definitely fits with the Suicide Squad brand of characters and uh, storytelling. So um, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. And I I like that he's bringing in all these people. Fillion's a name I know you've wanted. I've wanted yeah. a lot of people have wanted it in a DC movie. I'm guessing this isn't going to be something substantial, but it's cool to get him involved some way anyway. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on to some other movie news, Chad Stileski has been hired to oversee new action scenes for Birds of Prey, according to The Hollywood Reporter. So uh, he has been the director of all three of the John well, John Wick films, so he's definitely experienced with some pretty intense uh, action scenes. Uh, he's also he's supposedly supposed to oversee the second unit photography, um, and his stunt company, 8711, was already attached to this movie so maybe this sounds like he is stepping up his involvement in it whereas maybe just his company was involved but either way this is a pretty good addition um the action scenes in john wick are really really good and look really realistic so hopefully that carries over to this film as well yeah obviously the john wick films are known for action above all so on the surface that sounds really cool getting the director involved to oversee even if it's just some second unit action stuff seems like it's a little late in the process for that i know they're doing some additional photography there but hopefully everything works out um because we're really getting close to this film now uh it's really not far away at all yeah. five and a half months so maybe even less than that so yeah down to the wire there i do understand some dc fans who maybe have some hesitation here that it's kind of it kind of seems weird that this is in the hollywood reporter like a second unit director coming on to just do some action scenes it almost I know some people have conspiracy theories and are worried that he might be taking a bigger role and br- bringing in a big director. This is, I mean, he's not a huge director, but a successful director this late in the game probably scares some DC fans who feel they have been burned by that before. Um, but I, I, I understand those concerns, but at this point, there's no reason to worry about that unless yeah. there's a need to worry. Uh, some real bummer news for me on the TV world. Sci-Fi has canceled Krypton after two seasons. And also said that they are not moving forward with the Lobo spinoff. According to Deadline, Warner Horizon, the production company, is shopping them to other networks and mentioned DC Universe as HBO. DC Universe and HBO Max as options. That's been, this is kind of old news at this point and we haven't heard any updates on there. So sometimes those things take a while, but um, the longer it goes without getting picked up, the less likely it is to happen in general. Showrunner, Showrunner Cam Walsh confirmed on Twitter that Lobo is still in development but just not with sci-fi. So he's developing that independently of sci-fi. Yeah. And obviously this is disappointing. I, I do really hope that these shows get picked up um, at least 
Krypton at the very least, but hopefully both of them. Uh, and when they do get picked up, if they do get picked up, I wonder if the the quality, um, especially like in the set design, special effects, sci-fi-ness of this show will decline at all. I'm not really sure behind the scenes how much involvement actual people with Sci-Fi Network had in this show or if, if they're able to hire, you know, like Cam Welsh, if they're able to hire some of the rest of the people working on the show to to go to whatever network it's going to go to. Um, hopefully they can bring enough of that talent over that the, the quality doesn't go down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know that I'm expecting either of them at this point, but I'm hopeful. Uh, Krypton's probably been my favorite show on the air the last couple of years, so it's a really disappointed. I thought season two was even stronger than the first season. They did some really cool things there. I can't really blame sci-fi. The, the ratings dropped. It moved to the summer and the ratings dropped. And sci-fi, in this age of streaming and everything, sci-fi only gets really if you're live or DVR it or if you watch it on their website. If you don't watch it one of those ways, it doesn't help sci-fi at all. So if you watch it on DC Universe or get the Blu-ray or buy it digitally, none of that helps sci-fi. It's only watching it through sci-fi. And so that is why companies are moving more towards only having their own original content while you're seeing things like DC Universe and HBO Max because that's all WB owns stuff and they can control it more. So disappointing. I hope they get picked up, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, but I mean, this does really seem like a perfect fit for DC Universe. It kind of seems like what that was made for. It's just, is there room for it? Because they've they have already spent a lot and put a lot of effort into all of their other shows. Yeah, that is. And they're... That is a good point. And there are a lot of fans of Krypton, a lot of diehard fans of Krypton, but I don't know if the numbers are big enough to justify the cost. How many new subscribers are they going to bring on to DC Universe or how much how much value does that add to being on the streaming service? Uh, I don't know, but uh, hopefully it's enough to get picked up. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some other TV news, Brandon Routh, who plays Ray Palmer and Adam and Courtney Ford, uh, who plays Nora Dark, are going to depart Legends of Tomorrow as series regulars during Season 5, according to Deadline. Um, Ralph and Ford did confirm on social media that it was not their decision, and doesn't really seem like they're that happy about it. Yeah, this was really uh, bummer news for me. Back-to-back bummer news. This one really hit me harder than I thought it would. It's not terribly shocking that Legends of Tomorrow would move on. These are a couple veterans. I'm guessing Ralph has to be one of, if not the most expensive ones, most expensive actors on the show, similar to when Victor Garber went away. Um, can they just afford someone that long? But still really disappointing for me. For those who don't know, Routh and Courtney Ford are married, so it's kind of a bummer for them to get fired on the same day for yeah. Legends of Tomorrow to fire them on the same day. As far as Courtney Ford, I like her. I liked her on the show as Nora Dark. Obviously, I'm not as attached to the Nora Dark character, which is just kind of... Uh, more original one but i thought she did really good with that role and i'm bummed to see her go but ray palmer the adam leaving is big time he's been in the arrowverse for a long time arrow season three and he's probably been my favorite part of legends of tomorrow overall since the series started and it's a it's a bummer to see him go i think he's one of the pillars of that show we talk about how we like to see a bit of a rotating cast on legends of tomorrow but ray palmer was always one of the pillars and then you can kind of change the cast around that so that's really disappointing he's going to be missed as one of the most optimistic and just good-hearted characters in the arrowverse and one of the best heroes in the arrowverse to me yeah i think that's the hardest part is that especially like now that he's gone and victor garber's gone i feel like there is a, a hole of like there's this type of character that just doesn't exist on legends anymore of like you said an optimistic uh wise not that they're not smart but like um 
very cautious and tries to talk people out of doing crazy things. Um, so I, I think there's not really that position filled anymore on the show, which is pretty disappointing. Yeah. And seeing just looking at Legends of Tomorrow from the on the whole, I know they don't even they're hardly ever in their superhero costumes or wearing or using superpowers anymore. But even the characters included now, all of a sudden, the Adam's gone. Firestorm's gone. Rip Hunter's gone. Hawk Girl, Hawkman, Vixen. All of these really cool DC characters that were involved the first two or three seasons are gone, and most of the characters that are replacing them are less, much less important to DC Comics or entirely original characters. Um, so that's really kind of a, just a general frustration I have with Legends of Tomorrow, in that there's so many original characters now, and for a show technically called DC's Legends of Tomorrow, there is very, very little connection to DC Comics at this point. And I still like um, some of the characters on there, Mick and Sarah. I like them. And Zari was actually probably my favorite character last season. So there are some some good things still going on Legends of Tomorrow, but I think it will feel like something is missing without Ray Palmer on there. Yeah, and it is disappointing that he's not... Maybe there is a chance that he'll return. Uh, it would be great if he could come back for the, the crossover, um, but it it would definitely... I think that would be a great way to send him off if they hadn't gotten rid of him right now. If they were planning on getting rid of him, um, that could have been a good way to write his story out. Well, he's going to film until October, I think. Okay. So we know Ralph will obviously be in the crossover as Superman and maybe and presumably as Ray Palmer as well. And he's already filmed a handful of episodes for season five. Presumably he'll film a couple more before he's done in October. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just really surprised that I wouldn't have been shocked if Ralph decided it was time to move on. I am surprised that he is being written out. Yeah. yeah. It's bumming to see that he wanted to keep going and wanted to continue, but it is not happening. And lastly, the full trailer for season two of Titans is out. A good two-minute look at the next season, which starts September 6th. What do you think of this one, Zach? Um, not a lot of story points, but we do get introduced to a ton and ton of characters. Um, maybe too many characters? I don't know. That's probably not... Probably not such a thing, but yeah, this. I mean, it looks really good. It looks like a continuation of Titans. the The style of Titans is still there, and um, the core team is there, but it's getting bigger. Yeah, I thought this looked good as well. Lots of lots and lots of lots of characters, like you said. Uh, so this is more of a sizzle reel than really a full trailer, where we get a ton of story. We do get a little bit. It sounds like the Titans are reforming, and some people have some different opinions on that. Dick seems to like it, while others not so much. And it sounds like Deathstroke shut down the original Teen Titans and now they're coming back we see Bruce Wayne we see Starfire Wonder Girl Aqualad Hawk and Dove so many others showing up Superboy and Crypto and so at, at this looks good it looks fun uh one thing that Titan seasons one season one did really well was juggling all those characters and maybe we didn't get a full story for some of them maybe that would have helped if there was an actual finale but I think they did really good character work in season one and the character interactions were really strong and so I'm hopeful that they can continue that with such an expanding roster of Titans. Me too. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.